Um, let me start with a small joke. It's not my joke. I heard it from somewhere. <laughs> Satan went to God to complain, and he said to God, I am tired of my job on earth. All the human beings are always accusing me of every wrong thing, including the ones I did not do. As Satan was talking to God, God got a call on his phone. And guess who was calling? It was a human being from the earth. Guess what he was saying? He was telling God, Oh God, forgive me the sins I've just committed. You know, Satan made me to do it. And then Satan said, God, did you hear that? I've been here talking with you. I've not been down there on earth. And these guys accusing me of the sin he has just committed. So you see what I mean? I am tired of my job, God. Now, the story of the gospel we've just read dealt with two specific things. Many things, but two I will pick up. The first one is the healing of the Syrophoenician woman's daughter that had a demon. And the second one is the healing of the man with the speech impediment. He couldn't speak properly. And Jesus healed him, and he was able to hear and to speak. The background of the story is about Jesus Christ doing a lot of job, a lot of work, healing people, feeding 5,000, arguing with the Pharisees, and getting exhausted. So he decided to like escape a little bit to have a rest in the area of the Gentiles, Tyre. But then he couldn't rest because this woman came, please heal my daughter. I don't want to go into all the stories of Jesus calling her a dog and all of that. I'm concerned about Jesus saying, your daughter is healed. That's my concern today. Um, the healing of this, this girl and the healing of this man, to me, have some similarities. And that is, Jesus cast out the demon in the girl who was sick, laying on the bed. Jesus healed the man with a speech impediment by saying to him, Ephata, be loosed. So if Jesus say, be loosed, it sounds to me Jesus was losing something that tied up the man's Speech ability. I guess. I'm guessing. It was a demon also. But Jesus didn't use the word demon in his case. He just said, loose. But for the girl, we are told, there was a demon that made her so sick. Maybe mentally or physically, we don't, were not told. But it made her to be so sick that she couldn't leave her bed. Some questions come to my mind. What are demons? How can we recognize their activities in our lives or in our bodies? How can we, what can we do to be healed or be freed when we have demonic attacks or influence? Our baptismal promise tells us, we promise to renounce the evil powers of this world which corrupt and destroy the creatures of God. Or 
we promise to renounce Satan and all the spiritual forces of wickedness that rebel against God. So what are demons? From our baptismal covenant, demons are evil spirits. Satan is their master. And we as Christians have vowed to renounce them. And some of us who are ministers of God, including lay ministers, have also vowed to fight with them and cast them out wherever we find them, troubling people. According to Reverend Allison Quinn of Christ the King Church, New York, Christ the King Episcopal Church, New York, he says, demonic influence has been attributed to archaic way of describing mental illness. Psychiatrists and democratic institutions have not stopped evil in individuals or corporate evil. He says, demons may not be creatures or persons, but they are nevertheless real forces of evil, which we do battle. And the author of this book, Healing, Francis McNutt, has something to say about that. He says, more and more psychiatrists and counselors are also coming to recognize and experience the need for exorcism. Most famous of them is Dr. M. Scott Peck, who never believed in the devil, but experience with his clients and personal observation of two cases of exorcisms have convinced him of the reality of demonic influence over people's lives. Another Anglican priest by name Gavin Ashden of Church of England in 2014 wrote in the Anglican link online his personal experience with demonic attacks on his body and his mind. He wrote, in the summer of 2018, I experienced several direct and overwhelming assaults that were demonic. It lasted three nights. I thought it might drive me mad. Of course, I suspected a nervous breakdown. But nervous breakdown don't start by 1.05 a.m. and end at 5.05 a.m., switching on and off. That's what he said. He said, anyways, it wasn't a nervous breakdown. So here he explained his experience, how he felt when he was being assaulted by demons. It was like a nervous breakdown, disturbing him 1 a.m. at night till 5 a.m. in the morning. And it was regular. I mean, how could a sickness be that intelligent if it's not a creature? Anyway. Okay. <laughs> Francis McNutt, the author of this book, Healing, told a story about a woman who went to pray for a 12-year-old boy in his book. I will quickly read that for you. Um, he says, A woman who asks about a pastoral problem common to anyone who has experience in the healing ministry. Do you know where I can get some information on deliverance and healing? What's the difference between praying for deliverance and exorcism? How does one know when a person needs either? There is a 12-year-old boy on my block who exhibits strange symptoms. I visited the parents the other day, and without saying what I think, I don't have any background on these things. 
the child might be suffering from, I talked and prayed with them. The boy, they say, has an unidentifiable disease. He keeps twitching, except for a few intervals. Gets real bad at night. Sometimes says words they don't understand, or vulgar words, and doesn't communicate. His eyes are like far away, and his mother says that at night, he moves his head with his eyes open, back and forth. His hands look paralyzed. He just keeps twitching. One night, I asked him to say, Jesus Christ, help me. He could say, help me, but he couldn't or wouldn't say, Jesus Christ. We prayed for a while, and he fell asleep before I left. He stopped twitching his hands, went limp. We are no longer stiff and twisted. I feel there is more to do. So here is a story, the experience of a woman involved in the healing prayer ministry with this 12-year-old boy, which she suspected was having something more than just a disease, but perhaps a demon in him. Gavin Ashton, the Anglican priest from England, told a story about himself. He said one time he visited Paris, as it Paris now, and he was organizing a gathering for Anglican priests and Roman Catholic priests to discuss about unity of the church. And then during the Mass, he experienced he wasn't actually hearing the voice of the preacher, and not just by his ears, but in his mind. And then he experienced a kind of tightening of his head, and then he saw something like bats flying down and entering into his head, and he felt like he was going to go mad. He wanted to get up and run out of the chapel, but he said, what would people think of me? An intellectual priest like myself, running out of a chapel mass. They would think I'm crazy. So he sat down there, and he was hoping it would go away. It did not go. After a while, when the priest was distributing the elements, he was hoping that, oh, okay, now, that thing will run away because of the elements. It didn't run away. The priest gave him the element and he said, now that I'm holding the element, it will run away. It didn't run away. And then he said, oh, God. And then he put the element in his mouth. And then the whole experience stopped. Story by Galvin, an Anglican priest of the Church of England, before he retired. So, all of this tells us of the reality or the supposition that demons are real. And the troubled people. Now, what do we do? Or what are the signs for one who is sick or so sick of certain issues that may, they might think, is it demon or what? Some of the signs, according to um, Francis Magnut, I will summarize in my own words as I round up. Some of the signs that could be seen in somebody who might be influenced or affected by demon spirits, evil spirits, are what I'm going to list. But these signs do not really mean that the person has an evil spirit. Please get that clear. The person might just be sick of some disease or some mental illness or so. So some of the signs are suicidal thoughts, thoughts of murder, depression, schizophrenia, hallucination, compulsive thoughts of feelings that one cannot control, 
harmful addictions beyond one's control, terrible nightmares, hearing strange voices alone, seeing strange things alone, hearing noises or scratches on the doors or windows, walls, roof or floors of one's house without seeing anyone there or anything there. Objects moving around your body without being identified by any medical machine. Dreaming of snakes and strange creatures. Movements of objects on their own in one's house or around. What can one do if you observe such phenomenon for such activities around you or around somebody you know? Who needs help? First of all, seek medical help. Seek professional counsel. And then you can also add, go to a priest for healing prayers and for spiritual counseling. As I round up, I read in this book and have been told by another priest in Virginia recently that the area of exorcism belongs to the bishop of the diocese. A priest can't carry out exorcism except first reporting to the bishop. That's what I was told. But exorcism is different from what I'm talking about here. Exorcism is when a person is totally possessed by a demon, a different external evil personality. But what I'm talking about here today is when a person is influenced or affected by a demon. Now, that we don't need the bishop to handle. The priest or the lay minister can handle that by prayers and counseling. I pray for you this morning to be free from any demonic influence in your body, in your mind, in your home, or in your environment in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.